Hi, this is Violet Lang. Welcome to my podcast, The Pleasure Path, all about love, dating, relationships, and femininity. I help successful spiritual women find their pleasure and their power to create healthy partnership. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Pleasure Path, a podcast about powerful, pleasurable shifts in perspective and in practice for a healthier, hotter love life. So today we're talking about how to get your sex life back and feel sexy again. Most people go through some big lulls in their sex life, and this could be for a variety of reasons. Maybe you're coming out of a breakup, going through a divorce and not sure how to date. Maybe you've been single for a while and just haven't had any sensual sexual experiences. Maybe you've been in a long-term relationship and things have just gotten really stale and boring and flat. And maybe you haven't had sex with your partner in weeks or even months or heaven forbid, even longer than that. There's also personal challenges like becoming a mother, going through illness, taking care of parents, going through a job transition or job loss with you or your partner. All of these things can affect our life force energy and whatever affects our life force energy is going to affect our libido. Now, imagine feeling juicy and vibrant and attractive. Imagine being desired by your partner, but with the freedom to choose, of course, consensually when you want to make love. Imagine feeling sexy when you're walking through the world and whether you're at the grocery store or in a park or at an appointment, like feeling that little spark within yourself. Imagine feeling and accessing your erotic power so that you feel healthfully able to set boundaries, but with your authentic eroticism, you know, without having to cut off your sexuality to be in your power or without having to cut off your sexuality to be in your truth or in your heart. So many people have this split between love and sex or between their power and sex or between, you know, their mind and their sexual energy. And we really have this opportunity to integrate all of our energy centers with our sexual energy so that we can feel more radiant and tapped into our creativity, regardless of where we are and what we're doing. Because erotic energy, life force energy, sensuality is not about being overly sexual. It's about being aligned with the power of who you are and the unique authenticity of who you are and expressing that as you feel appropriate moment by moment and expressing it in all the different parts of your life. So you can tell when someone walks through a room and they're connected to their full body versus when they're in their head or have their headphones on with their head down, checking their phone. And I mean, I'm on my phone too. It doesn't mean that like we can't ever be on our phone or can't ever be in what I'll call productive mode, but productive mode and pleasure mode uh, are not always one in the same. Now you can find a way to make productivity sexy. Like I love doing that. I love getting turned on and then doing work or creating things. Um, But when we lose touch with our turn on, lose touch with our desire, then it can be hard to feel sexy and it can be hard to get our sex life back. In this episode, I'm going to share more about some ways that you can get your sex life back and feel sexy again. And it's different than what you might think. It's not just about like putting on lingerie or getting turned on with traditional like measures of what our society views as sexual, because The problem with all of this is that we focus on our partner or another person to turn us on. We wait for like someone to arouse us or someone to want us or something to spark us instead of owning that spark within 
and knowing that we can tap into that spark within really at any time and, and almost in any situation because emotions are part of erotic energy, right? Like any emotion can be erotic. Sadness can be erotic. Rage can be erotic. Joy can be erotic. And again, I don't necessarily mean this has to be about sex, but when you feel the ache of your sadness, the ache of longing for something or someone, and you move that ache from your heart down to your womb space and your yoni and through every cell of your body, then you move through the world in a way that feels seductive and feels um, sorrowful, but in a way that's really pleasurable, you know, like the bittersweet quality of of really good music or a great movie that makes you cry. Like all of those are ways that through emotion, we're unlocking and can unlock erotic energy. So you can find sexiness in your emotions. You can find it in creativity. You can find it in connection to the earth. And I'll be doing some future episodes about earth-based sexuality and sensuality. And you can also find it just by a discovery of reclaiming and enhancing your own unique turn on. So instead of thinking about, I've got to get something back or I've got to build something I've never had sexually, it's about how can I discover my own unique turn on and how can I continue to put awareness and energy into this part of my life, knowing that it fuels every other part of my life. And what I mean by that is when I work with women, a lot of times after and through our work together, they end up making more money. They get bonuses or raises that they weren't expecting. They find deals on things that they weren't expecting like this surprise inflow of creativity and eroticism also leads to a surprise inflow of abundance and opportunities professionally, personally, otherwise, because when we start seeing the world through a lens of abundance in our love life and in our sexuality, then that overflows into every other part of our life. So let's not focus so much on our partner. Let's focus on ourselves and on this wide variety of inspiration from many different sources. You know, you could get turned on by seeing beautiful flowers or a wave crashing on the beach or something in your dreams. You know, that's an example of what I want to share today is, you know, to be totally honest, recently, Jason and I went through a dry spell. I don't think we had had sex in like six weeks. And that's a long time for us. You know, our preference is to have sex a few times a week or every week, at least, you know, sometimes maybe a little less, but we have a really thriving sex life where we normally do, but it does take attention. It does take work. It does take practice. You know, we've both done courses individually and as a couple to stay connected to our sex life and not just stay connected, but have fun, you know, and explore and enhance our sex life. So in this recent dry spell, I was feeling just very frustrated, not just sexually frustrated, but I was feeling worried. Like, oh my God, if, what if we don't have sex again? Like, what if this ends our marriage? And The reason I had some of those thoughts is because my first marriage, one of the reasons it ended is because we just never had sex. And it was like a a crack in our foundation that we could never really get over. Now, at the time, I was really shut down because I had a lot of sexual shame. I had previous sexual trauma I hadn't looked at. He had his own stuff going on. And we also didn't have a lot of great emotional intimacy. There was a lot of reverse polarity. I was super in my masculine. He was really in his feminine There were all sorts of things, even compatibility wise, that didn't work for us. But the sex part was a big piece. And so when I'm not having great sex with Jason or frequent sex with Jason, it puts me in a bit of a dark place, questioning the relationship and questioning the future. Not really fair to him or me to go into those places, but just being really honest about what comes up for me and why sex is really important to me. So what I noticed, though, is that there were parts of my life where I was feeling turned on. Like 
I was noticing men when I was out and about and being like, Hmm, he looks attractive, you know? And I was having dreams that were sensual. So I invite you to think, even if you feel disconnected in some way from your sexuality, where in your life are you feeling turn on? Where in your life are you feeling a bit of a spark or desire? Now, it doesn't have to be sexual. It doesn't have to be about attraction, but maybe you're feeling that spark and desire with a creative project or gardening or cooking or dancing or you know, something else that lights you up. Maybe it's a spiritual practice that you have right now that's that's making you feel sexy, making you feel lit up. That can be the seed, the seed of inspiration for sexuality that we can then uh, grow, <laughs> grow that seed, let it blossom, and then bring that to our partner or bring that to the world if we're dating. And if you're single and you're listening and you're like, okay, this is all fine, but like, I don't have anyone to bring my sexual energy to, what's the point? I really oftentimes, um, find in my clients. And I found this in myself that if someone can't feel you, they can't find you. And what I mean by that is not feeling you physically, but feeling you energetically. If someone cannot feel you, you know, kind of across the room or um, through the apps, through your photos and your profile, then it's really hard for the right person to find you because your signal is muffled. It's like you're closing down the brightness of the beacon of you because you are not touched in and tapped in to your own sensuality or to your own energy and your life force and your radiance and, and bigness, right? Like we're here to, to shine brightly and to play big. So even if you're single and you have been for a while, even if you've never had sex before, I mean, I work with clients who are virgins and they've never had sex, but it doesn't mean that they can't tap into their sensual energy. Tapping into that sensual energy, again, stokes that fire and also makes our, our light, our beacon brighter and makes it easier for people to find us, romantic partners, creative opportunities, job opportunities, all of that. So as I go through this example, consider that even if you don't have a partner to bring this to, that this is going to help create partnership in your life. So one of the things I noticed during the dry spell was that I was having these dreams about a character named Gwen from the Knights of the Round Table and King Arthur, those tales and Merlin. And I had been watching uh, the show Merlin on the BBC. It's so old. It's on Amazon Prime. And, um, and someone had told me about it. And I started watching it, gosh, months ago, because it's pretty, it's a pretty long show. There's like five seasons. And so I'm just warning you, that's a very cheesy show. <laughs> but we all kind of know about King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. And I actually don't know that much about Gwen, but he showed up many times in my dreams, sometimes in a romantic way, sometimes not. And instead of thinking, oh my gosh, I need to be with a different person. Like, oh, this is creepy. This is weird. I was like, huh, what is this showing me about the part of my body, my psyche, my love life that wants to be awakened because something is awakening here. And so after, you know, a few days, a few weeks of having these dreams, I just got really clear with myself, what is it about this character that I find attractive? And it was two things. It was about his honor. He felt like he would honor the feminine, that he would be a man of honor, of honor, that he would be high integrity. And there was also a little bit of like worship, you know, that I could imagine him like being down on one knee and kissing my hands and being like, my lady, I'm here to serve you. <laughs> so it was about honor and it was about worship. And then I thought, okay, well, how can I bring more honor and worship into my life, knowing 
that honor and worship is part of my turn on right now. There's something my psyche and my body is craving. It's craving honor and worship. And so how can I be a magnet for that? And how can I create that for myself and my life, even in a non-sexual way, so that I get some of these deep desires met? So I started honoring myself in really simple ways. I started doing my hair more often. I started adorning myself more with this cool gold chunky eye pencil that I kind of make designs on my face with. I started creating celebrations for no reason with my friends. So I organized a few different picnics with my girlfriends. I went to museum with another girlfriend um, and had like a museum art picnic, you know, pleasure day. Like it was just so beautiful. All the senses were totally um, rocking, like the smell of the flowers and the seeing all of the different paintings and the taste of the picnic food and the warmth of the sun on our skin and the sound of people talking different languages all around us. And ah, it was just heavenly. So I started honoring myself by putting myself in situations with my friends where we could all honor each other and share our appreciations for each other and be in that sense of worshiping ourselves and worshiping this beautiful world that we live in. And I also did a lot of honoring with my body. You know, my body has changed a little bit in the last two years after not only giving birth, but being on a fertility journey and different hormones and all of that, you know, I just not the same body that I had before. And in the last month, I did a lot of work on really loving the body that I'm in right now, cherishing her exactly as she is like putting on body oil every day and looking in the mirror and reminding myself, you know, I have the body of a goddess. Like I love this body. She's exactly how she needs to be right now for whatever it is I need in my life. I trust her to adjust as my life needs. And right now this is just how she is. And I, and I trust her and I trust that. I trust that she knows exactly the shape that will best suit all that I want to create and build and be and express in the world. And to honor my pleasure with that too, like to not be so hard on myself. And then I also worked with my yoni eggs. I have lots of different yoni eggs and lots of practices that I do. And they're not all sexual. You know, you can use an egg in a way that's not about orgasm, not even about like climax or turn on, but it's about power and honor and cherishing or about boundaries and creativity or even abundance. You know, I have plenty of practices around sex magic and abundance, and I'll probably do an episode on, on that in a few weeks too. But as I was working in the last month on being honored, honored and cherished with myself, my friends, my body my spiritual, you know, yoni egg practices. I just want to say it was incredible what happened in the external world. So within two weeks of doing all of these things, Jason said, you know, I'm going to do some new things around the house. Like I'm going to um, show up in a different way because I can really tell that it takes a toll on you. So we had bought this book, Fair Play, which is all about like equal division of household responsibilities. It has like a deck It's by this woman, Eve. Um, I'm probably not saying her name right. So I will put that in the show notes, but why I had bought that a long time ago and just had not like gotten it out and hadn't initiated it probably because it felt like I was pulling teeth or something, or I was afraid it would feel that way. And so he was like, yeah, we're going to do this. I'm going to initiate this. Let's read the first two chapters together. And then the next day that, you know, next week when we have our, our date Saturdays are like our date night, um, you know, we'll go through it and use the cards and it made me feel really honored that he wants to be a fully equitable partner. Now he already is doing a lot like, and we have a house cleaner, so I can't really complain. Like we do have someone who comes every other week to help us. But my point is that 
there was a stepping up. There was an honoring and a stepping up that happened when he initiated this fair play project to have everything feel balanced in our house and in our childcare and all of those things. The other thing that happened is he planned a really magical date. We just did it yesterday during the day where we went on a romantic walk on the Palisades Park, which are these bluffs overlooking the beach in Santa Monica. And the roses are blooming there. And like there's palm trees and this beautiful path. And because it was the daytime, there was hardly anyone around. And it was just gorgeous. It was absolutely gorgeous. And then he took me to this restaurant called the Inn of the Seventh Ray, which is almost like a little garden. It's like a restaurant in a garden by a creek. And it's super magical. They have really high vibe, organic, ethically sourced food and um, like a little water features all over. And it it just feels very elevated, very magical and made me feel very, very worshipped. And then the third thing that happened is he told me about this practice that one of his friends is doing with his partner of praise. Now, if you don't know this already, people need praise. Like we love praise. We need validation. We need to be seen and witnessed. We need to know that people appreciate us. And the feminine especially loves praise. Like the more that we have praise, the more safe we feel to open up. You know, if we're around someone critical, of course, we're going to slump or cross our arms or close down. Now you can train yourself to not do those things. You can learn to, no matter how critical someone is being, claim and know your worth. Um, I can give an example about that at some point, but um, my point is that when we have praise, we open up. And so it's a reciprocal practice in terms of one partner praises and the other partner feels open and seen. And the other partner does not have to reciprocate. Like just because Jason is praising me doesn't mean I have to praise him. Although I find myself praising him more since we started this practice. So every day for the past week, uh, yeah, around the past week, Jason has been praising me him telling me something that he really appreciates or loves about me, something he wants to praise me for. And then he follows that up with saying, is there anything else you'd like to be praised for? And I love that question because then I can say anything that I don't feel acknowledged for. You know, yesterday I said, yeah, I also want to be praised for my people skills. Like I wasn't that great of a communicator. I had some, you know, challenges when I was growing up. I was maybe a bit rude or direct or bossy. At the same time, I was also like shy and I've worked hard on that and I feel good about my communication skills now and my ability to stay connected to my heart, even when I have to share something that's challenging. I'm not perfect in that way by any means, you know, but it's gotten a lot better. <laughs> and so I told him that and then he praised me for that and highlighted some of the ways he's seen me being great with people. And I'm smiling as I'm saying this because it's amazing how just a simple act of being praised every day and asked for what else we want to be praised for has completely changed how open I feel to him, sexually, romantically, and otherwise. So all of these examples, him doing fair play, taking me on a fancy date, praising me. Oh, I forgot one more. Is that he led us through an exercise a few days ago where we each shared our goals for our relationship, our vision of what we want individually in relationship, and then our goals as a couple about what we want to create in our relationship and there was one other prompt that he led me through. I forget what it was, but I love thinking about the future. It really makes me excited. I love the anticipation. I love the strategy of it. I love just the visualizing all of these things. And, and I love the idea of collaborating with someone in that. You know, I do that a lot for myself with my business and other things, but it's so fun to do that with, with Jason, with my partner, and to really feel the life that we are creating and the life that we want to create and will create in the future. So all of those things made me feel so honored. And so worshiped. 
Now, I never told Jason, hey, I want to feel more honored and worshipped. I was doing my own work with myself, with my dreams, my self-pleasure, my yoni egg practices, my celebrations with friends, being around art and beauty, adorning myself. I was doing that, but he picked up on it energetically. He brought all of these things to the table without me having to ask. Now, I'm a very direct person, so I have no problem asking him for what I need and want. I think it's healthy in communication to be able to tell our partners our needs and our desires and our feelings. And I talked about that a few episodes ago. But it's also nice to have a little bit of mystery and seduction and not feel like we're telling our partner every single thing that we need, but letting them step in and step up. Because sometimes when they step in and step up, it's even better than what we could have asked for. It's even more um, magical in some ways to have it be a surprise. Like I find delight in that. I like novelty. I like surprise. I like being enchanted, you know, and, and taken into an experience. So I hope this gives you an example and a, and a taste for how you can take something as simple as like a character on a TV show that you have a crush on or that's showing up on your dreams. And then you can turn it into getting exactly what you need and want in order to feel more turned on. So I did start feeling more sexual energy and turn on as I was working with my yoni eggs and doing all the self-honoring aspects. But then as Jason started doing his part of things too, I also started feeling more turned on in relation to him. So it wasn't just, oh, I'm turned on, but, and now I'm still feeling it for Gwen. I'm turned on and I'm feeling it for my partner. So not to brag, but like in the last week, we've had sex every other day, three or four times. And it's been amazing. Like I've had bigger, better orgasms than I remember having before, even though I usually have very good orgasms with Jason and in, in general. Um, and I don't, again, say that as a brag. I say that as an um, opportunity for you to realize that if you're not having the orgasms you want to have, that there's things you can do to have an even more rocking sex life and even more empowering and, and luscious sex life. So I was honestly a bit surprised by how much passion I felt for him in the last week, by how rich and juicy and hot our experiences have been, and that my body, even though it was in quotations like sleeping for the last six weeks and I was not feeling sexy, I was not feeling connected to my turn on, I was not feeling connected to my partner, that it woke up even more vibrant and sexy and radiant and alive. And I was on one of my group calls for this program I'm running right now called Be Magic. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to do it next year or not, but it is really, really fun. I'm, I might do something like it. Um, so I was on my group call for Be Magic and even the women on the call were like, oh my gosh, you're glowing, your lips, your boobs, your dress, like your hair. Whoa. And I hadn't done anything special that day. Like, I don't even know if I had done, I did put on lipstick, but I don't think I did anything else that I can remember. Like for makeup, my hair wasn't necessarily curled. It was just like, how it was, I think, from like waking up that morning, I hadn't necessarily done it other than just brushing it out and tousling it. And my point is not a lot had changed, except I had been doing this deep work on myself. Jason had been picking up on that and stepping up in his own way. And so all this energy got unlocked and that energy is visible. It's visible in how we look. It's visible in how we move. It's visible in our voice. And so many times people in dating think, oh, I have to be a certain body type or I have to you know, look a certain way or be a certain age. And it has nothing to do with it. I have worked with women in their seventies who have never really dated before their husbands had passed away like years ago. And then they're finally ready to date. And they said they have the best sex of their life, that they're having a great time with their boyfriend or boyfriends, you know, for the multiple clients I've worked with in that age group. So it's not about age or looks. It's about magnetism and radiance and 
tapping into this flow of erotic energy that wants to find you, right? Like that wanted to come to me through these dreams. It's, it's available to all of us. It wants us to be connected to our pleasure. And the reason I believe that is because this erotic life force energy, this radiance is, is the pulse of the universe, you know, like hummingbirds and flowers and the ocean and a beautiful oak tree and a lizard and, you know, a beautiful piece of art and a taste of chocolate cake. And I'm giving all of these sensual examples because I, I love those, but I think all of those are evidence that we live in a world full of eroticism, the same energy that makes a baby, that makes a star, that makes a new, you know, project or a new technology or a beautiful home. Like that is the energy of the universe moving itself forward. And of course the universe wants you to move forward, to move forward in your love life, to move forward in your financial and creative life. Like that's that pulsing hum and erotic life force of the universe. And it wants to find you. So my curiosity is maybe keep a little journal or notebook in the next few days. Like what's sparking me? What's speaking to me? What's turning me on? Where is erotic energy trying to find me? You know, is it in my daily walks in nature? Is it through friendships? Is it through something at work? Is it through my dreams? Is it through the way I dress and touch and connect with myself? So how is erotic energy trying to find you? And, and where and how are you feeling turned on and lit up? And if your answer is like, it's not finding me and I don't know how to find it, don't despair. Like maybe it's not finding you in this moment, but it will in the next few days and weeks as you put your attention on it. Keep asking yourself that question of what is lighting me up and turning me on and how does erotic energy want to find me? And you will start noticing it because what we pay attention to grows and we, we get more and more of that in our life. Now, wherever you are in this journey, whether you are feeling mild turn on that you want to enhance whether you're feeling no turn on and, and no connection to your sexuality, or maybe you're feeling vibrant and sexy, but you know you want to find a partner, you want to direct that energy into finding a partner. I would love to support you in that journey. I work with women in a variety of ways. I have my signature course, Queens of Pleasure, but I also have this course, Sacred Sexuality, that I haven't run in a little while. Um, I think the last time I ran it was the fall of 2021, and it feels like it's time again. You know, I'm excited and turned on and lit up to lead that program and that offering. And I would love to connect with you if you're interested. So you can just email me at violet at violetlang.com. I will also post a link to the sacred sexuality course. I will put that in the show notes. We'll probably start sometime in the next month or so, um, maybe six weeks. I'm, I'm thinking like late summer uh, and it'll be a great time. I always have a group of really passionate, fun-loving, heartfelt women who want to go deeper in their sexuality. Some of them are very comfortable with their sexuality and they just want to learn how to have like different types of orgasm or how to broaden their range of sexual experiences. Some women come to me and they're virgins, but they want to touch into their sensuality, even if it's not explicitly sexual. So all are welcome here. Um, it is a group just for women, but all types of experiences and all types of desires are welcome. It's a very safe and inclusive place. Um, I will also be doing a retreat this fall in November called Wild Sensuality. Again, it's about sensuality, not necessarily sexuality, but it's about the wildness, the freedom, the innocence that we all want to feel and reclaim in our bodies and in our connection to the earth and to nature. So I don't have all the details on that right now because it's not public yet. It's just for my existing clients. And if it fills up, then I'll, I'll do a different retreat at some point that's open to the public but there may still be spaces left. So when that's ready, I'll let you know. But if you're interested in the wild sensuality retreat or my sacred 
sexuality class, again, just email me at violet at violetlang.com. So enjoy this week. Enjoy looking for and receiving turn on and all sorts of sources. Let me know how it goes. And I'm so excited to be on this journey of erotic power and exploration with you. I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for tuning in and turning on for healthy love because better relationships mean more power, more creativity, and a better planet. If you want more love, pleasure, and power in your life, go to violetlang.com forward slash talk 